welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Welcome to the ABCA's mini-series, Father and Son. In this series, we cover the coach-player and parent-child relationship through the eyes of the coach and their sons who played for them. This is a truly unique relationship, and this mini-series should be of value to any coach, parent, or player. Thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy Father and Son. Today on Father and Son, we sit down with Jack and Casey Dom. Coach Dom is the head coach at Mount Mercy in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He played at Creighton for Jim Henry. He was also an assistant on Coach Henry's team at Creighton that went to the College World Series. In 1993, he became the youngest head coach in Division I at Creighton University. He was the head coach at the University of Iowa from 2003 to 2013, and he and I coached together from 2003 to 2012. Casey played at West High in Iowa City, and he also played for Coach Dom at Mount Mercy, and now is on Coach Dom's staff at Mount Mercy. Welcome to Father and Son. We're here with uh, Jack and Casey Dom. Uh, you know, just side note here, I've known Casey since he was, I think, five years old, and then Coach and I uh, coached together at Iowa, uh, 2003 to 2012. He's one of my mentors, and Jack played at Creighton for Jim Henry, and then coached at Creighton, was one of the youngest head coaches uh, at Division One at Creighton. He and I coached at Iowa together and, and now is at Mount Mercy. And then Casey grew up in Iowa City, went to West High and played for Jack at Mount Mercy and is now coaching with Jack at Mount Mercy. So thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks, guys. No problem, Coach. Coach Dom, did you coach Casey at all before college? What, what experiences did you, did you guys have together before college? Um, I never coached his team exactly where I was one of the coaches but I always helped out with practice. Yep. And, um, you know, as they got a little bit older, I got, uh, I did help out a little bit more, but I wanted Casey to be able to do his own thing. And I wanted to try to stay out of the way. Um, so I would, I would help at practice when the coaches asked, but I would be down the line uh, during the games and try to try to stay away. And um, now one of his last years, when he went to a world series, um, they asked me to get a little more input. I didn't go in the dugout, but I stood next to the coach. But I, I wanted Casey to have his own experience uh, growing up in U Triple S A. And what, what age what age group was that, Jack, with the World Series? That was thirteen uh, U, I yeah, believe. Yeah, it was thirteen U. They they won the World Series. Um, it was a neat experience. One of the neater experiences I've had to be able to watch my son and his friends win that U Triple S A World Series. You know, Casey, how was that from your perspective when you were younger growing up with, with dealing with your dad just at the practice side of things? I mean, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, even like my friends too, like just have whenever you have like a college coach around, especially the Iowa baseball coach, it's pretty awesome. But then whenever you have your dad around at practice, being able to help you out then, I mean, you can't get nothing better than that. 
Yeah, and talk about your guys' decision to to actually go f- through with with going to Mount Mercy to to play baseball. Talk about some of the conversations that you you had. When when was it when was it realistic that you were going to do that? And talk about some of the conversations that you guys had as far as making that decision. Not an easy decision to come to that point. We all had to go through it. So talk about that decision a little bit. Well, I think first of all, I I didn't get renewed at uh, at the University of Iowa. Um, and I'd been a head coach for Casey's entire life, and I have a daughter, Lindsay, and my youngest boy, Tyler. Um, so after coaching college for 23, 24 years, 20 as a head coach, I decided to step back and, and get out of coaching. And um, so we stayed in Iowa City because it was such a great place to, to raise kids. And um, so I took a sales job, but I also worked the Big Ten Network. And really, um, I was missing coaching. And, um, after I was doing the big 10 network, I actually came home and my Casey actually said, dad, you're, you're happiest when you're talking baseball and you're doing the big 10 network. So he, he really talked me into looking back into getting into coaching. And then I got some calls from some athletic directors and, uh, actually had an opportunity to go to a division one school, a smaller one. Um, and that's when our conversations really started because, uh, Casey was just graduating from high school, so we weren't going to move the family away from Iowa City, but if I took a job, Casey was going to come play for us and um, wherever it was. And uh, and then when the Mount Mercy opportunity came up, uh, you know, it was a no-brainer for, for me where I could take the job. They had a lot of – they had a great president, and then I didn't have to move. And I asked Casey what he thought, and – I thought he was all in, but he can tell you from his perspective. Well, yeah. So for me, um, like how I decided to play college baseball first was I wasn't going to play like going out of my junior year. And then he actually, he probably doesn't remember this, but he coached our West High like spring league team a little bit. And that's probably the best I've ever played on the field. And probably the most fun I ever had at that time. And I played so well and I just got that itch to keep playing baseball. So that's when I opened up my recruiting and started email, emailing a bunch of different like D3 schools. And then um, that's when I, he started the big 10 network stuff. And I told him that he's happier in baseball. And like you said, he started looking at different schools and he had a couple different opportunities. Then once Mount, the Mount Mercy job came, like, we've already had like a couple like side conversations about it. So it was really a no brainer for me. Like I really, that's kind of been my dream the whole, my whole life was to play for my dad. So. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And, and Case, you had battled injuries a little bit in high school, if I remember correctly. Right. Like you're, you're yeah, dealing with some I, injury stuff, right? Yeah. I battled a couple different injuries. My first year I broke my finger that sidelined me the whole year. And then uh, the rest of my career, I just had those little Nicky Nacky ones in high school. Yep. Guys, talk about, in case you go first, talk about the turnaround at Mount Mercy. You know, you've seen it now as, as a player. You got there and, and now, you know, first year as a head coach. And then Coach Dom, talk about that a little bit afterwards. And, and Coach Coach Dom went through it at, at two other schools. He got things turned around at Creighton as a player and then assistant with Coach Henry and went to the World Series. And then he and I were on the ground floor there of getting the Iowa program turned around. Casey, talk about that a little bit just from your experience because you, you kind of all get there at the same time. You play, and now you're now you're doing it as a first year coach at Mount Mercy. I would say uh, 
the Mount Mercy experience was, I mean, growing up around Iowa and training practices and then going to an N- the NAI level and not really knowing much about it, it was kind of a, a what, what, shell shock, shell yeah. shock kind of. Well, and the program was, was at rock bottom at that time. Yep. Uh, this is actually a funny story. Um, so, like, my first week of, like, the welcoming week at Mount Mercy, uh, we would, you'd go around and talk to a bunch of different people, and uh, we talked to a couple Sisters of Mercy, and I was sitting there with the two freshmen we had uh, in our class at the time, and we're sitting at the table, and the sister asked, uh, asked us, she's like, uh, so what, what do you guys play? And like, oh, we play baseball. And her reaction to it was just like, like just like, hmm, like, you play baseball. Like, oh, okay. That was weird. And then she... Like, keep going, keep asking us a couple of different questions. And when we were about to leave, she goes, yeah, I'll be seeing you, your guys' mugshots in the paper or on the news. And we're like, holy cow. We're like, where are we right now? Like, what, what type of school is this? Just because, like, we've heard, heard so many different stories about, like, the reputation before we got to Mount Mercy wasn't the best, I'd say. But, but starting off, like, as a player, like, I was just kind of – I was really sped up as a freshman, so I, the turnaround process for me, I wasn't really thinking much about it as yep. a player when I was a freshman. But, I mean, just being there and being, like, one of the three freshmen and being the coach's kid, I felt like I had to walk around and carry myself to a different standard. Yep. But – and coach, yeah, was- talk about it from your perspective. Just, you know, you've been through it. Um, you know, you've had a lot of experience with getting programs turned around. So talk about it. Um, you have know, built a beautiful facility there. Um, you know, you have a really good blueprint for how to get things turned around because you've, you've seen it firsthand. So talk about that process for you. Well, and it was a big, maybe a biggest process I had um, because we were playing at a high school field. At the time, uh, NAI school. There's so many good Division three schools in the in the state of Iowa. Um, you know, so it was a big process, but we had already planned on building a brand new facility, um, and so there were some things in place. And our president was absolutely phenomenal. Um, she understood how athletics can drive enrollment in a small private school. And um, so it was a, a really fun process. Um, I'm probably able to enjoy it more now because it was, it's not all about winning for me anymore. Um, you know, it's about helping the kids and developing them not only on the field, but more importantly off the field. And, and the reputation off the field was, wasn't very good as far as class and uh, some of the things they would do socially. So you were doing uh, that before, by the way, I mean, you need to give yourself some credit for that. I mean, you, I know wins were important, but you were still developing people off the field yeah. before. Yeah. Well, we always want to, you know what, they come in as boys and leave as men is the old saying. And um, I think we, we've done a good job with that, um, you know, at Creighton, uh, us at Iowa, now at, at Mount Mercy. But uh, you know what? It's It's been a fun process. Uh, more importantly, it's, you know, the type of kids that we're able to bring in. And, and you know, our roster, it's so much different now because our roster this year is going to be over 70 kids. So, um, you know, one of the things I always wanted to do is, as we always talked, is I'm not only developing the – players in the program, but I also want to develop my, my coaches. And, um, I'm always, as you remember, anytime there's an opportunity to apply for a job, apply for a job. And so right now I've got uh, five young assistant coaches who all aspire 
to, to move on. So it's not only building the program uh, as far as a student athlete, but also my coaches. So it's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, there's some obstacles without a doubt, the, the rules at the NII level, um, I think for the programs that are a hundred, hundred percent committed, um, it's pretty tough to catch those teams because scholarship wise and everything else, it's a little bit different. So there's definitely some obstacles, but we're right there right now to take that next step. And I think one of the neater things is, you know, with this terrible situation this year with the virus, um, all of our seniors want to come back and play next year. We were in first place. We had won 10 out of 11. So it's been a slow process, but in all areas, most importantly, off the field, once we got that straightened out, uh, our kids still have fun. <laughs> as, as you know, we let them be college kids, but we're over 3.0 GPA. We're, we're doing all the things we need to do, which allows you to win when you follow that process. And Jack, how fulfilling is it for you now? You, you coached Casey. Uh, Lindsay went to Mount Mercy. Tyler's going to go to Mount Mercy. Just talk about that and how fulfilling that is to have all three of your kids at the same school as you. Oh, it's, you know, it says a lot about the school, number one. Um, as you know, Tyler had opportunities to go other places yeah. for, for baseball. Um, he's a very talented young player, but the experience that Casey had, uh, the experience that Lindsay had at Mount Mercy, um, you know, that's one of the reasons why, why Tyler wants to, to follow him. Um, you know, I never coached Tyler as he was growing up either. I always let him play for, uh, for other coaches. And, and now he's, he's going to have a little different scenario than Casey because not only am I going to be coaching him, Casey's going to be coaching him, but then also the expectations in the program and the talent level are in a lot different, lot different place right now. I, I know every time I'm talking to a recruit on the phone, my wife, my wife asks, what position they play. Are they going to be competing against Tyler? <laughs> so is Tyler going to be competing against them? But uh, no, it's been, been very satisfying and very fortunate. Again, we didn't have to move. Um, we get, uh, you know, my kids get free tuition at Mount Mercy. I could have taken other jobs that paid more. But when you looked at the opportunity for my kids to go to Mount Mercy for free tuition, not have to move out of uh, Iowa City, which is a great place. We have a lot of friends. It's where our kids grew up. Um, you, you couldn't couldn't beat it. And I use that in the recruiting process, talking about, hey, my kids, my entire family is is going to Mount Mercy. And I graduated from Creighton. I'll always be a Blue Jay. Um, I'll always be a Hawkeye. But but my family um, uh, is trying to leave a legacy at Mount Mercy. Casey, talk about that. You know, what 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 can you what advice can you give to Tyler now that you went through it with your dad? What, what advice are you going to give him? And I played for my brother and dad in college as well. So I'm the, I went through the exact same thing that Tyler's going to go through. So what advice are you going to give to Tyler? I would say just really, when it comes down to just really have fun with it. Cause you're, I mean, you're still playing with your dad. Like it's your dad. And it's, I'm sure it's been a dream of Tyler's his whole life. So just have fun with it. Let it all soak it all in. And I mean, and no, like there's going to be some rough days, but and then it'll be all good and it'll be a good experience. And and I've asked this of everybody. How are you guys able to separate that father son uh, coach player relationship um, during? I think everybody needs to hear that. I've asked it to everybody and I'll continue to ask it to everybody. How are you guys able to separate that out during the playing experience? You know, it's funny. Last night, Tyler actually asked, uh, do I call you dad or coach? And. <laughs> 
and me and Casey looked at each other and we were never really in that situation where he had to call me coach or, or dad. It was, you, you were just always kind of on the same wavelength. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was neat because my office was right across from, from, uh, Casey in the, in the dorms. So we could have our father son moments when he just kind of stroll into the office and he could sit there and then we just talk about school. Uh, we talk about baseball, but, you know, it was just nice and simple. And it, it just, it always seemed to take care of itself. Um, I think the most interesting part is, is the toughest part for Casey as I looked back at the situation is, you know, when you're struggling in baseball or if you're struggling in school, you want to turn to your mom and dad and, yep. and talk about situations. And I think the biggest thing is all of a sudden he would, he couldn't turn to me for some things within the program. Yep. So he turned to his mom exactly. and talked to his mom. Well, then I'd get home and I'd sit down and she'd say, well, Casey said this, this, and this, but you can't tell him I told you. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it created a, a little bit, you know, maybe one of the harder things was for me and my wife as we discussed what was going on with, uh, with Casey and the program as we were growing. Yep. And I think sometimes, as you know, Ryan, um, when you struggle as a program or there's stuff going on within the program, that is when you're growing the most yep. because, you know, when things are going bad, that's when as a, as an older coach, you're able to, to work through some situations and, and it's good when you have adversity and, and that's how you take the biggest, biggest steps. So I, I thought that was an interesting part with, um, with my wife and Casey didn't have two people to go talk to. He only had my wife. You know, and you and Casey haven't gone through it probably makes it easier for you to, to now coach Tyler. What are the biggest takeaways from coaching Casey that you're going to, that you're going to use with coaching Tyler? Well, I, I can tell you this much. Um, I was always afraid early on to not play favorites. Um, and we were at Oklahoma city was number one in the country. And I remember being out in front of the, the dugout. We just beat Oklahoma city was number one in the country and we had no business beating them, but, Again, it's not the best team that ever wins. It's the team that plays the best that day, but and we happen to play better. So we we're trying. We we're getting ready to play the next game, and I was trying to do the starting lineup, and Casey deserved to play, but I was having a hard time putting him in there as a freshman. And one of the juniors walked by and said, "Your son needs to be in the lineup." So the player actually put me over the top to put him in the in the lineup. So I think. I've just got to look at what's best for the program, what's best for every player in, in the development. As you know, we always played a lot of players, yep. and, and we'll do the same thing. So uh, I think that's that's a, a big part, not, paying, um, not playing favorites or not being tougher, I should say, on my son than, than anybody else. Um, you know, other than that, it's I think things went pretty good for us. Um, the biggest difference, again, is there's going to be a lot more competition and um, I'll tell you what, sitting back and watching all these Netflix movies, sometimes it, I got to realize I got to open my eyes a little bit more and, and not be softer, but understand all the things that are going on off the field. Yes. Then, you know, so I, I, I got to open up my eyes a little bit, especially when it is my own, my own son. Yeah. You know, Casey, start first for, for any parents or, or coaches or players that are listening in. What were the biggest positives out of the whole experience? And then um, what were some of the biggest challenges of the whole experience? Um, well, the positives just, I mean, whenever you get a chance to keep playing baseball, go to college, it's a great opportunity. 
And then, and then like at Mount Mercy, it really became a family experience for me. Not, not just with like my actual family, but just when you had, when you play with the team, you get close to a bunch of guys, you just become like a brother and you really become a family. So for me, it was really cool because I had my real family and then I had my brother, like the fraternity. So it really just yep. became a whole family experience for me. And, and I still love it. I'm going to do it the rest of my life. So what were some of the biggest and, challenges? Some of the challenges, I um, mean, you know, this, the typical stuff as a freshman when you get to school, like, like he said, like, how do I, I'm like, my dad's coaching me. So how, who do I talk to? Like, exactly. how do I go about talking to my mom? But I mean, the big thing for me was like, uh, my teammates were huge for me. I had a really good teammates when I first got there. So that was really important for me. But, um, yeah, really just the, the baseball life compared to the home life with my dad was this not challenging, just like weird at first, but something I you get used to. That that was one of my biggest concerns, Ryan, is we're trying to change the culture of a program. And it was mostly at, at this level, at the NAI level, they got mostly junior college kids, transfer students in. So I was bringing Casey in as a freshman and a couple other freshmen who were great kids um, uh, and Casey's still great friends with them. But when you're trying to change a culture, it it's hard. And when you're changing things, there's, there's fight, you know, kickback from, from the players. And, um, you know, it really took care of itself, but I really felt like it put Casey in a, in a tough spot at times, but I think he had seen it so much at Iowa yep. and he had heard it, it. And he came to me a couple of times and said, dad, you should try this because he saw it at Iowa, yep. um, how it worked. And, but the way he handled it, um, and the way our older guys in the program handled it, we, we had a lot of turnover that first year, which was a benefit, but we had a couple of kids, Alex Hayden, Jimmy Lizarraga, Cody Williams, who, who had yep. played for you that transferred in that were, were good, good kids and really took Casey underneath his, their wing and, and made it comfortable for him and respected when we were trying to make the changes. So, uh, very unique, especially where the program was at. We had such a long ways to go, um, and more of it was off the field yep. than than what was happening on the field. Casey, you can start on this next one too. Talk about now this first year. Uh, your dad went through it. I went through it. Talk about the challenges of coaching guys that you played with um, and what that experience has been like. I think ever, anybody that coaches, probably that that's your first go is probably going to be at a place that maybe you played at. So talk mm -hmm. about some of the challenges of coaching guys that you played with. And then Coach Dom, you can talk about that as well, just from your experience at Creighton. And then maybe some of the tips that you gave Casey on that uh, of how to actually coach guys that, that you played with. Yeah. yeah, so in terms of coaching guys that I played with um, – I wouldn't even say I'd call it coaching them because I really, it was more, I just kind of stayed like the, I mean, for me, the last few years when I played, I was a captain. So they kind of looked at me as a leader in general. So that's kind of how I stayed with them, kind of like the player leader in terms of like a little bit more, like we're friends still kind of, but still like if I had to talk to them about baseball or something serious, still, they'd listen. But I'd, I'd focus a lot of a lot of my time on like the new guys and the freshmen and in terms of coaching. So I'd really focus on those guys in terms of like the baseball side of things. But I, I really – there's a line with those guys that I played with. And I feel like we did – at first it was really awkward. Like I had yep. 
for both both sides like we really didn't know how to go about it but eventually like we got used to it it was pretty it became easier coach what about your perspective well uh i think one of the toughest things for me is um you know we were when i was at creighton uh, i was very fortunate that jim henry hired me right away um and I was one of only two seniors because all of our juniors had got drafted. So I was a captain. Um, but I had Scott Stahoviak, Bobby Langer, all these kids that ultimately took us to the World Series. Um, so I had built up a, a really good relationship as a senior with them. And I just kind of did the same thing like Casey said, because I was the number two assistant. I was the guy that threw BP every day. I was the guy that put him through. So I was more the ears. I was the guy that had to listen. And that's kind of what I learned as a um, as a senior is, you know, you don't have to tell people, but the listening skill to me is one of the, the most important skills as a coach. And so that was one of the things. And, you know, Jim Henry could be very demanding on his players, very similar to your dad. And he would challenge them and then he'd say, hey, go make sure they're OK. And so I would walk over and, and be that, hey, everything all right? And, and just listen to what they say. Um, and then that was the, the more interesting thing is when I took that next step to becoming a head coach, all of a sudden I lost my most important skill, which was my listening skill. Yeah. Um, a lot of times kids answer their own issues when they start talking out loud to somebody, they realize, ah, oh, well, maybe it's not as bad as I think. And, and also, and I felt like as a head coach, I had to have the answers. Um, and I wasn't listening. And, and I think that was the hardest thing for some of those guys when I became the head coach. I was the guy that they always came to speak to, and now I almost separate. I thought I was doing a good job with them, but I almost separated for a year or two compared to just being that guy that still listened. You don't have to have all the answers as a coach. Um, just put together a good game plan, and, and don't ever forget how important the listening skill is. And that goes – you know, I learned that when I was an assistant, and also it really hit me in the face when I became a head coach. I, I stopped listening to the, to the players. I was trying to direct them. Yep you know, that's, that's not always the best way to go about it. Brian O'Connor and I talked about that. Um, he was on the podcast a while ago and he and I talked about that part of it. Casey, for you, what, what has helped you the most about growing up? You grew up around the college game. What did that experience help you the most with as a player and now as a coach? I think first off, I mean, growing around, growing up around the college game, um, in terms of playing, uh, right away for the guys that are going to play, um, college baseball, like a typical game day, is a long, long day. Like I don't think people understand how long it is and like how hungry you're gonna be and how cold in some cases it'll be. Like it's like it's like a 10, 12 hour day some days. And and just being around my dad and traveling with you guys when I was little, like I already knew that. So yeah. like going around and playing, like that was something that I felt like that was almost a little advantage for me. Or like just traveling on the bus. Like that's that's tough sometimes, but just growing up, that was a big thing playing wise. But um, yeah, but in, in terms of coaching now, um, biggest thing uh, for me was watching how you guys, how like first off, how my dad, who was a head coach, interacted with players and the coaches and the different people you interact with as a head coach. Then and then watching how you guys, as the assistant coaches, interacted with the players. And the other people, because there's definitely, I feel like there's definitely a difference. I didn't really realize at first. And then going to coaching now, uh, I coached sophomore baseball at Solon High School last two summers, and I was the head coach. And talking to players as a head coach is totally different than when you're yeah. the assistant coach, because you're more of like 
the buddy or like my dad said, the years where you're kind of keeping things going and keeping the guy talking more to the guys and all that stuff. Jack, what else go, Coach Dom, talk about um, having gone through it now and um, you, you've been in it for a long time. What are the biggest differences for you now with parents now as opposed to parents when you first got into it? And, and what are some of the tips that you can give parents out there now? You know what? I, As you remember, we always send a letter out um, <laughs> yep. beginning at the beginning of the year. Uh, now, I don't necessarily do the letter, but I, I talk about in the recruiting process that if you have a question about your son um, – you know, if it's about playing time, you don't call me. But if it's about something off the field or academically or uh, any other thing but baseball, you can call me anytime. Um, parents are, they just continue to get more and more involved. Um, and I think it, as you look, at, as you go watch the high school games and you see how, you know, the parents are so important to grow a program at the high school level, um, but then even at the youth level. Uh, but sometimes they forget it's all about their kids. It's not about them. And I just feel like sometimes, you know, you were at games with me when my kids were playing. I try to separate and go down the line and and let your kids have their experience. It's not about you. And, and again, I said earlier that sometimes adversity is a good thing. Yep. And when kids are younger, dealing with some adversity and maybe not just changing programs because they're not playing as much or you think the coach is doing something wrong. Um, I just see that, you know, it's the reset era with yep. the video games where as soon as if you're losing in a game, you just hit reset, reset and start it up again. And I see that so much with these parents, um, with their kids, if it's not going their way in a, in a baseball organization, they, reset and just go to a, start up a new team. Uh, one of the things I'm proudest of as a coach and part of it was as a parent, I should say, is my kids played on the same team, the same organization all the way through their, their youth career. And parents wanted to jump off and separate. Part of it was I didn't think it was good as the head coach at Iowa to break off and start a new team uh, because I just thought it was, was bad. But I, I also thought it was the best thing for the Kids. And then we already talked about how Casey's team ended up winning the World Series when they were they were the the secondary team as they were coming up. So just you know, let it be about your kids and not about you. You always want to protect your kids. Um, Mary Higgins, a softball coach at uh, at Creighton University, when I was there, she said it's so much different. She learned a lot about being a coach when she became a parent because she became so protective of her kids. She started to understand why parents said and acted the way they, they did. They wanted to handle everything and make sure everything was going good. So the parents are just so involved. Sometimes I think they need to take a, a little bit of a step back. Every coach that I talk to says the same thing with parents. Can you give some parents that are listening in tips on not putting your self-worth on your kid's performance? Because I think that's where we're running into issues. Do you have any tips for that? Let them be a kid. Yeah. Let them fail. Um, you know, uh, I read something um, oh a while back about the worst situation – some of the kids dread the most about playing baseball is the ride home with their parents. Yeah. As you get in the car and all of a sudden your dad's going to critique you, or sometimes it's the mom, um, that just they think they're being positive and they want to teach you, but you need to let them 
be a young kid and have fun and or hey, they know if they didn't play good. You know, kids kids understand that. So just don't beat them down. Um, the biggest thing is I actually I might talk about what I learned as a head coach is my wife would get mad at me after games because I'd have the team out in right field or left field for a half hour after the yep. game. And after the game, a lot of times as a coach, if you lose, you're not very happy and you're overly critical. Um, And I learned myself is I would just say a couple of things, but then take a step back and and approach it the next day when I wasn't so mad or disappointed or, or anything. And I think that that's a good thing for parents is, Hey, let it sit. If you, if you have some teaching points for your son, don't do it right after a game. Don't do it in the car. Let them go home. Let them kind of flush it. Let them, let them be a kid. And then you can approach it the next day. If you feel like you can say something to, to help them. Um, there's a lot of pressure on these kids nowadays. And, and a lot of it comes from, from the parents. So I would say in social media, oh, without a doubt, yeah. With, with, uh, they're getting it, they're getting it from both sides. Cause they're going to get it. They're getting on the parent side, but then they're getting it within their peer group from social media where, where anybody feels free that they can say whatever they want to anybody. And so this generation of kids, uh, males and females is in a tough spot because they are getting it from both sides. And, um, that's, we've got to try to help with that as well. Exactly. You know, and that's why we always talk about the process. And I think me and you, Ryan, really got more into the process as when we were at Iowa, probably more than when I was at, at Creighton. Um, there was such huge expectations at Creighton because everybody thinks it's easy to get to the world series when you're in Omaha and, and we had done it once before. So that was a different type of, of pressure. And it's funny, as I talked to Ed service, they still have that pressure at Creighton thinking it's easy to make it to, to Omaha in the world series. And, and that's not the case by any means. It's hard. This is a hard game. Yes. And, um, and now with social media, man, if you can get those kids starting to buy into the, into the process. Um, and I think that's tough to explain that to parents, but sometimes if they look at how they succeed in business, um, or in a, in a marriage or, you know, sometimes look at it that way and realize that's what we got to do with our kids. Let them enjoy the process. And it, you know, that's hard though. Cause everybody wants to, they, they, it's all results driven. Yep. Anything else you guys want to add in before I let you go? You know what? I can just say this. It's uh, been one of the neatest experiences I've had. Um, I spoke to a lot of people before I, I started coaching Casey. Um, I had talked to your dad. I had talked to, Bob Warren way back in the day and Ed service. And um, I'll tell you this much, it, it can be a great situation. It can be a complicated situation, but if you have an opportunity to coach your kids, um, boy, I, I would tell anybody to, to definitely do it. Uh, I think it's probably harder on the, on the, the kids than it is on the, the coach and the, the father, but it, it is a great experience. And, as a coach, you're gone so much yep. and you miss so much when your kids are growing up that I felt like me and my son, Casey, were even, we were always close, but it, it's just been a neat experience. Casey had an opportunity to, to leave for a couple of jobs this off season. And he's seen where our program's gone. And he goes, dad, I don't want to miss the benefits of, of the success that we're having. And, and that made me feel good that he wants to stick around to, to see this thing through. Uh, now I also want him to, to spread his wings. Yep. 
Um, and, and that's an important part. At some point, I'm going to have to pull a Chris Malzuski where I'm going to have to fire him and tell him, <laughs> hey, you've got to go, you know, to learn other places. But uh, it, I would highly recommend it to anybody that uh, has an opportunity to coach their son or daughter. Yeah. Casey, what, what, what about you on that? Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, just soak it all in. Just have fun with it. I mean, you only get one career, one chance to go to school. And just, yeah, really just have fun with it. Yeah. A lot of great memories. Like yeah. looking back at it now, yeah. it's a lot of great times yep. playing wise and playing with your dad. Uh, I tell you what, sometimes it's during the games. I, I was telling him last night, I said, one of the funniest ones is when he got drilled at first base. He was playing second, a bunt play. And he stuck his nose in there, and there was a big collision. Yeah. And he was already coming off a concussion. And I had the cyst. Yeah, and he had the, the bad knee. I run out there, and the trainer runs out there. And I, I had a dad moment on the field. I said, get your – you got to get up. You got to like, suck <laughs> my, it up. My knee was, like, in my stomach. <laughs> it, was, it was, like, one of those. <laughs> and the trainer looked at me like, you can't say that. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's – it's been fun. My my favorite story is still your dad making you walk home after. Oh, yeah. After. So. We'll, we'll get on that. Well, I've been writing notes, too, like, because, you know, he's he's probably the only, like, really challenging one um, just because there's so many stories. And so I'm yeah. trying to tailor just, you know, he would tell me every – after every exit interview that I ever had, like he would tell me they're bringing an infielder in to play over me. Like before I left before every summer ball season, like he would tell me like, we're bringing somebody Mm -hmm. in to play over you. So you better get better over the summer just to keep me going. Yeah. Yeah. That's Although we, I think we say that to just about everybody, (laughs) excuse me, but, uh, but when it comes from your dad to you, it's like, Hmm. Yeah, they said a good year. Come on. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so the, I'll tell you what, for at, at this level, one of the biggest things, Casey was our best recruiter. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and I was too at Evansville. Was, yeah. You know, he got, you know, so many of the kickback kids, the Reed Bonners to uh, Tanner Lowhouse. Tanner Lowhouse. Probably the to, first person that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's amazing the recruiting, how that helped, you know, because they didn't, you know, I didn't even know where Mount Mercy was when we were at, uh, yeah, at exactly. Iowa. You know, and no Iowa City kids would go up there. And now we've probably got about 40 kids now, probably about 8 to 10 from the community going to Mount Mercy to play baseball. But then we probably got about 40 kids at uh, at Mount Mercy now from Iowa City. And all that changed. A lot of it was once he decided to come here. Yep. And all of a sudden it became a place, a, a destination instead of a, well, I can always transfer back yeah, exactly. there. So, so it's been it's been fun. It's been fun. So, all right. Well, thank you guys. Thanks, Coach yeah, B. Thanks, Coach B. Baseball truly is America's pastime. We are all stewards of this great game. I'm so excited to shine a light on these unique perspectives. All of these guests show their passion and love for each other and the great game of baseball. This is Ryan Brownlee. Signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks for listening to Father and Son, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.